This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Tyler Donaldson, Whitney Pittman, and Don Wick. Thousands of farmers and cooperative leaders are in Minneapolis for the CHS annual meeting. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick at the meeting and has this report. Randy, CHS has enjoyed back-to-back -back record years. The nation's largest farm cooperative has returned more than $1.7 billion to its member owners over two years and more than $3.2 billion over the past 10 years. CHS President and CEO Jay Deberton reminds us each year is unique. I think CHS and farmers in general always think about you know, a scenario where, where margins aren't like they are today. And that could be reductions because of interest expense, could be reductions because of trade issues or commodity prices or high fertilizer prices, whatever the case is. Uh, I just think that it's, uh, it reflects, um, and, and particularly, you know, Don, where you, where you come from, just really smart business people uh, that understand that, that no two years are the same and some expenses will come up on you. Deberton describes the current evolution in biofuels as a game changer. CHS is included in the expansion of the domestic soybean crush business. At CHS we have expanded both of our plants. We have one in Mankato, Minnesota, one in Fairmont, Minnesota that we've expanded by 30 to 35 percent and we are looking at building a, a new one uh, in southern Wisconsin. It's all driven by this renewable diesel, uh, and um, and there's risk that comes with it for sure, but it is, I think, one more reason that I look at agriculture and say, I think the future looks bright. As we look into the crystal ball, renewable diesel is changing the agricultural landscape. Don, I think it comes with what we talked about earlier, with this soybean crush growing and growing because of renewable diesel. Uh, that's going to take soybeans that are grown, and if we look at North Dakota, those crush plants are being built. Those soybeans now that used to be exported will be, will be consumed in the state to produce soybean oil and meal. Great thing, but the customer around the world still wants the bean. Mm -hmm. Still wants the bean. Uh, and so I think we have to just have our eyes wide open. The market signals will, will kind of push people in Brazil and other areas to bring more land into production and create those beans. Um, that isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's, but, it, but, it, but it, it addresses your point. I think it's something we're going to have to really watch. The CHS annual meeting continues through tomorrow here in Minneapolis. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Low water levels on the Mississippi River and through the Panama Canal complicates the movement of grain and farm inputs. CHS Executive Vice President of Ag Retail, Distribution and Transportation, Rick Dusek, says there is not a quick fix. The river, especially south of St. Louis, the projections are not good. Um, you know, the, the water level's going down, meaning we can't put as much grain in a barge, which means your, your cost per unit goes up. It just does. Um, and, and so that is a real problem. There's not much you can do about that until we get more moisture through it. You know, and, and what's happening, uh, you mentioned the Panama Canal, they have, they have drought issues there as well. So the amount of volume going through the canal has dropped significantly. And what that's doing is, is, is pushing a lot of our our export business to the P&W versus the Gulf because it's just getting so expensive at the Gulf. And that dr drives the, up the cost of moving product around the world. In a time where the U.S. is struggling to be competitive in the, in the commodity markets, that's not a helpful thing. 
The USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending November 30th showed corn export sales at 1.3 million metric tons, 32% less than the previous week, 17% less than the four-week average. Soybean export sales at 1.5 million metric tons, down 20% from the previous week, 23% below the four-week average. Net wheat sales, old crop, new crop combined, of 347,000 metric tons, 45% less than the previous week, but 2% more than the four-week average. In its December report, Brazil's crop supply agency, Conab, lowering its soybean production forecast for the current growing season to 160.18 million metric tons. That's down from 162.4 million metric tons last month. Soybean production will be record large at any rate as increased acreage more than offsets lower yields due to drought conditions. Conab also lowering Brazil's corn production to 118.5 million metric tons, down from 119.1 million in November. Total corn acreage expected to be down just over 5% from last season. Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beadle says this corn market seems to be taking a bit of a breather with a more sideways type trading pattern. We had a, a, a four-day rally of some substance. We ran into some technical resistance yesterday and found some farmer selling and backed off. And so, you know, there's, um, you know, some people thought the rally had ended. Uh, in our opinion, we have a very strong seasonal uh, in March corn that, uh, you know, kind of bottomed at uh, uh, the end of November and is, is quite positive here now going into January and maybe even into February. And seeing a bit of a two-sided cattle market here today. Cattle posting a dead cat bounce so far this morning, up anywhere from 17 to uh, 50 cents a hundred. Um, you know, that market has a problem with... Uh, um, too many large cattle that need to move quickly or soon because of uh, uh, because of the high placements that we had here a couple months ago and the small numbers of marketings that we've had over the last couple months. Uh, we're backing cattle up in the system and weights are getting high and that's that's the that's the problem. Moderate to heavy rains fell in southern Brazil yesterday, while lighter, more scattered rains fell on central and northern Brazil. World Weather Incorporated says northwestern Brazil will see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, while central and southern Brazil will see a mix of rain and sunshine that will slow field work at times but maintain good soil moisture. The, uh, Argentina is expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine as well that will allow field work to advance while keeping crop conditions favorable. North Dakota Governor Doug, uh, or rather North Dakota Agriculture uh, Commissioner Doug Goring announcing the availability of specialty crop grants for 2024. Applications must be submitted electronically by 4 p.m. on Wednesday, January 17th. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The joint annual meetings of the American Crystal Sugar Company and the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association is underway in Fargo. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman is at that meeting. We are talking with RRVSGA Executive Director Harrison Weber joining us. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to here today at this this annual convention? Whitney, what a great event. 50 years, uh, celebrating 50-year anniversary as a cooperative. Uh, you know, this cooperative started out in this very hall here at the Holiday Inn 50 years ago when, when a number of growers got together and said, hey, 
let's let's buy this darn thing. Let's try to run it ourselves. And, and what a success story we've had and built over this 50 years. And a lot of hard work has gone into it, a lot of dedication. We've got great leadership, and, and it's fun to see come together. And, and what a great uh, celebration we have here today. So today I'm sure you guys are kind of recapping the 2023 growing season. What are some of the big takeaways here this year? Well, it was a very interesting growing season. We started out kind of cool and, and damp, and then it got dry, and we couldn't catch a rain all summer, and, and we didn't know what the crop was going to do. And then we did catch a few rains there late late in the season, and while the crop really responded, and and then we ended up having a, a, record, a record crop, and so large that we ended up having to leave about 8% in the ground because we couldn't process it all, and and it's kind of the lesser of two evils, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have. It means we're fully maximizing our factories, and so there's a lot of uh, excitement in the room today and, and a, lot of, uh, a, lot of, yeah, a lot of excited people here uh, uh, get, coming together for this anniversary. Looking ahead to 2024, any changes coming up here that you guys will be discussing today? Well, not today specifically in here, but, you know, we're, we're focused on 2024 coming up here with uh, Farm Bill, Farm Bill, Farm Bill. You know, we know we have that extension, but we want to... We want to uh, close the book, for, uh, so to say, and, and get that farm bill across the finish line uh, so we can have that certainty for, for another five years. And, of course, everybody's wanting it to happen in the first quarter of 2024. I'm guessing you guys are on that same boat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to we wanna get it done. We, we, we've got the, the, you know, the asks are into the committees. Now it's making sure that we, get, we can get the votes once we get it onto the floor. So I know sugar policy, of course, big priority. What are some of the things you guys are, are asking for there and wanting to either maintain or, or improve on? Yeah, like all commodities. I mean, we're... we're the, the, the price environment, the risk environment has just gotten greater over the last few years especially. And so all commodities are like what we have, but realistically we, we need more is what it is. We need to strengthen that safety net. And so we're going in there and asking, like all commodities, uh, uh, for, a, for a loan rate increase. We're looking at some specific date change things, some, some very particular technical things within the sugar program and how it, USD operates it. Um, but yeah, we're we're going a lockstep with all, with all the commodities and saying, you know what, the price environment, the risk environment has changed over the last few years, and, and we just need to, we need to make changes that reflect that. All right. Well, thank you again, Harrison Weber, joining us on the Red River Farm Network. From Fargo, I'm Whitney Pittman. Former Bungie Procurement Director Gordon Denny joined the latest Minnesota CropCast podcast produced by the University of Minnesota Extension to discuss the outlook for soybean demand. Denny explains there is a difference between biodiesel and renewable diesel. Biodiesel and renewable diesel are different animals. Um, biodiesel, where a good portion of soybean oil has gone over the last few years, is a 10 or 12 percent blend of refined soybean oil that is blended in with petroleum diesel oil. Renewable diesel is 100% uh, oils or fats that has been further processed that is a drop-in replacement for petroleum diesel. So because of California mandates that all the diesels in California will have to, uh, you can no longer sell um, biodiesel or diesel fuels in California as of a certain date in the future, not that far out. Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring announcing North Dakota Agriculture Products Utilization, or APUC, awards for 11 projects totaling close to $800,000. Included in those awards was $50,000 to align or AGN Inc. for further development of solar-powered autonomous ground robots tacked with data collection and weed control. Another $7,000 to NDSU Department of Plant Sciences to 
for research into soybean meal and development of food grade 3D printer ink. Get the latest news, weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. You can find those at rrfn.com and most anywhere you find your podcast. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota's Doug, uh, Governor Doug Burgum's office is hosting a roundtable on autonomy in agriculture with Grand Farm this afternoon. Tyler Donaldson has more. A roundtable discussion on autonomy in agriculture is being held at the Prairie Den in North Fargo today. Director of Grand Farm William Adderholt sees this as an opportunity to share information and perspectives on the effects of autonomy in agriculture. So we brought together a, a group of industry experts, government officials, and thought leaders to talk about the latest advancement, challenges, and opportunities that are emerging in autonomy. Um, and this group, uh, you know, was selected in order to provide a diverse set of expect or, um, perspectives across our state. Talks are expected to focus on policy and infrastructure. A lot of the discussion around um, autonomous systems and advanced technology in general is around the other aspects of, of planning that we need to be doing. Um, infrastructure statewide around connectivity, for instance, that is going to be needed, um, as well as policy decisions. Adderhold expects North Dakota to be a desired destination in the future for autonomy and agriculture. And we've seen that within the uncrewed aerial space um, with the Northern Plains UAS test site and beyond visual line of sight systems. Companies coming here specifically to utilize those capabilities because they were so forward thinking in how they were developed. The roundtable runs from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock and will be open to the public. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Tyler Donaldson with the Red River Farm Network. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. March wheat, Minneapolis, six and a half cents higher at 737. Uh, Minneapolis May wheat is five cents higher at 746. Chicago March wheat, seven and three quarter higher at 641. Kansas City is up 10 and three quarters on the March at 666 and three quarters. March corn, three and three quarter higher at 488. July corn, four higher at 508. January soybeans, 15 and three quarter cents higher at 1311 and a quarter. March soybeans up 14 and a quarter at 1329 and three quarters. January canola in Winnipeg is $17.40 a metric ton higher, $667.30 Canadian. February live cattle down 75 cents at 162.80. The January feeders are 52 cents higher at 210.67. And the February lean hogs down $1.47. This is the Red River Farm Network.